In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. Welcome to the first edition of Destination Delicious for 2020. Today I have with me Megan Murphy. Megan is an Associate Professor of Nutrition at Southwest Tennessee Community College. She's also a registered dietitian, and she is going to help us start this decade. Yes, this to me is a new decade outright. First, let me uh, remind you. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is leading the way the world understands, treats, and defeats childhood cancer and other life-threatening diseases. And families never receive a bill from St. Jude because all a family should worry about is helping their child live. Visit stjude.org to join the St. Jude mission, finding cures, saving children. Hi, Megan. Hi, how are you, Jennifer? I am well. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, and thank you so much for coming. Um, Megan, for everybody listening, Megan and I have known each other for a number of years. She was a freelance columnist at uh, the other newspaper that I worked for (laughs) for a long time. And uh, she was there for, you you wrote that column for about 14 14 years, years, you said. Um, And uh, she's offered nutritional advice to me over the years and has been very helpful, in fact. And I think that uh, she can do that for all of us today. What we want to talk about is all the different diets. <laughs> There's so and many. There are so many. And, you know, it. it's so, like when we're 20 or when we're 30, you think of going on a diet as a temporary thing. I want to go on a diet. I want to lose some weight. Mm-hmm. And then... Summer's coming. Right. I need, yeah, I need to fit into this. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm getting I'm getting married or I'm going on vacation. But, but we know, we know, we're older, we're wiser, and we know that <laughs> diet is, in fact, really, it's not even a word so much that we should be using as a thing, mm-hmm. but in fact, just how we how we eat. Right, right. 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 That's technically what it means. Well, right. And um, wh- it, what we, what I read yesterday, I was reading, you know, the best diets ranked, you know, top to bottom, um, that U.S. News and World Reports does every year. (laughs) And uh, once again, on top, the one that probably goes back for 20 years or more is the Mediterranean diet, which is the one they love the most. Now, how does that gel, which is a, you know, healthy fats, uh, good good carbohydrates, not bad carbohydrates, leafy vegetables, fish, etc. How does that go in with your idea of healthy eating? You know, when I looked at that list too, if you look at those diets and really break them down, most of them have some very similar properties, like the Mediterranean diet, lots of fruits and vegetables, lots of plant-based foods, whole grains. Um, Mediterranean diet does focus a little bit more on fish, um, which is a very lean protein, and it's got those omega-3 fatty acids, and that's helpful for us too, just overall for health. Um, and a little red wine in there, but also not very much of the processed foods, not so much extra sugar, um, reasonable use of olive oil, um, but not overdoing it, not deep frying things and things like that. And if you look at the other ones, like the DASH diet and the MIND diet, they have a lot of similar components to it. So I think really one of the messages is we probably all need to eat more fruits and vegetables and whole grains to some degree and 
um, look at lean protein sources. So that could be a lot of different things. But Well, and the the thing about the DASH diet, I remember writing about it and trying it yeah. some years ago when I wrote about health and fitness. I don't really need to reduce sodium. I mean, sodium is not an issue so much for mm-hmm. me. So I found that it was you know, the taste was, Mm -hmm. some of the food was kind of flat and bland. And, you know, you do develop, we Americans certainly have developed a taste for salt. Now, we 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 know it's not good for us, right? Right. But really most of our sodium in our diet comes from processed foods. So if you can take a lot of those out of your diet, then that will help you dramatically drop the sodium in your diet so you can afford a little salt or, mm-hmm. you know, some kinds of flavoring that contains sodium um, to, to make your foods taste more palatable and taste good. And that's very true because 15 milligrams of salt is either, and I can look this up, but you may know right offhand, it's either a teaspoon or a tablespoon. It's, it's a lot it, more than you think. Well, 2,000 milligrams is about a, a teaspoon. Okay. And so 1,500 would be a little bit less than that. But if you measure that out, that's it doesn't look like much in the little teaspoon, but when you put it out on something and you start to put it a little bit on your chicken or on your vegetables or something like that, it really isn't. It's a, it's a huge It goes amount. a long way. Of course, yes, yes. it does. Mm-hmm. If you weren't eating, um, you know, getting it in canned foods, for mm-hmm. instance, mm-hmm. or, and I guess most most frozen food, unless it's a prepared meal, wouldn't have sodium, right? But right. Um, like frozen vegetables wouldn't. Right. Just plain uh, frozen right. green beans won't have ad- added sodium, but if it's a sauce in there with right. it, then it will have some ad- additional sodium. But then, yes, I'd, I would certainly say that's more than enough salt for anybody if you're cooking everything yeah. yourself. You yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't use that much and you wouldn't add it. And, uh, you know, I can't stand the just salt. You have some people who just oh, grab just that salt right shaker away. and right away, you yeah. know, put it on there. But then other things, like I eat a lot of Asian food mm-hmm. and I know there's a lot of salt right. in there. And then, of course, soy sauce. If I'm eating sushi, I'm going to have a little soy sauce. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's not, you know, I, it, I don't have blood pressure problems. So that's something I can, it's not going to harm me, right? Tell me. Well, is, is that, okay? <laughs> well it's, uh, nobody needs an overload of sodium. I'll say mm-hmm. that no matter what your blood pressure right. looks like. Um, but certainly if your blood pressure is elevated or you tend to be more sodium sensitive, some people are. And, and usually you might notice that, you know, if you eat a lot of sodium um, and you go to the doctor, if you have, you know, a couple of days where you've eaten some Asian food and then you happen to have a doctor's appointment and your blood um, pressure is up, then you may be a sodium sensitive person. And for you, then you might have to maybe pay a little bit more attention to that. But a lot of people are not. And, and if they will look at those processed foods, you know, something that comes out of a box or something that we all love, chips and crackers, With snack chips. crackers and right. things like that, um, those those add sodium pretty quickly. And if you're eating anything at a fast food restaurant, um, you know, just, just the, even if you think, well, this doesn't taste salty, processed cereals are another, um, place where we get sodium. You don't think of them as tasting salty, but there are some additives that have sodium compounds that deliver sodium into our bodies, even without the salty taste. I never thought about cereal. Yeah. I don't eat cereal. I've never liked cereal, but I haven't thought about cereal as a place for, um, you know, I always buy it when the kids are in town. I yeah. buy Cheerios, but I mean, I guess I'm, they're probably, I don't buy sweetened cereals, but yeah. I do buy, um, well, think about Cheerios. what has to happen for the corn sure. to become a cornflake or for the oats to become a Cheerio. I mean, 
things have to happen along the way to make them into those shapes and to make them into that kind of substance that can be dried and formed into the shapes. And so sodium compounds are part of some of that stuff. What do you eat for breakfast, Megan? Um, currently, my favorite, I kind of vary things, uh-huh. but right now I, I like um, plain yogurt. I do eat, I do get whole milk yogurt um, and I get the big tub. So I just take out some and a little bit of honey. I have a neighbor who has bees. And so it's very local honey right around the corner from me. Which is good for you. And, also, um, it's supposed to help with allergies. And, it's supposed to. Uh, I, I have, does, I still have but, some, yeah, but, <laughs> and maybe a few um, walnut pieces and um, sometimes a little protein powder in there mixed in there with it. When did you do Greek yogurt? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, it's Greek yogurt. Well, then that, you yeah. have a lot of protein in yeah. that, too. I do. And I, I, I like that. I eat that a lot. Mm-hmm. Honey, walnuts, and Greek yogurt. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's a and, good combo. And I do, the, I do the whole fat yogurt as well because mm-hmm. I've read that the whole fat dairy is really not bad for us. You know, we yeah, thought it was. As milk. long as you're not guzzling that, you know, gallon of milk. or yeah. it, it and, and I'm sure we'll get to this, but a lot of things come down to portions and, and mm-hmm. amounts and things of of these things that you're eating. Um, but then I also like overnight oats. Have you done that? Where you d- mix the stuff at night and then it just stick it in the fridge and. I know what you're talking about. I don't like oatmeal, which is oh, okay. a, um, which, but I do like still cut oats sometimes, mm-hmm. but it, you know, I mean, I, they're at the house. I like oat bran. It's mm-hmm. a, a whole different texture. It's, it's, you know, it's a little bit creamier, but if I'm going to do oatmeal, I want butter and brown sugar, and that's yeah. just sort of you know. Well, or kind of sometimes I like the savory, like an egg, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of uh, salt and pepper. I've done that a couple of times. Yeah, but that sounds good too. It's okay. It's 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 not that great. Yeah, I've quit eating breakfast, which yeah. is not good for me, and I need to, um, you know, get back in the habit. And I and I like to just do a protein shake. That's so easy to do. It's so mm-hmm. simple to do. Yeah. And I do put protein in my coffee, but it's in the form of collagen. But I'm getting 20 grams mm-hmm. of collagen protein. Yeah, that's it's, what I've been putting in my yogurt, too, is the collagen. Yeah. Do, do you think, you know, I wonder, though, is it doing any good? Because I don't really think, I've been doing this for like a year, and I don't know, I don't know if my nails are any stronger or, or my body bodies any better yeah how do you know when how do we quantify this do you think I think it's very hard to quantify I think it's it's one of those things where it's not going to hurt you and maybe it's going to help you you know because it's at such a small level it's part of the you know just the structure of the you know your your skin and nails and hair and bone and um and, and collagen is just a natural part of that and we do produce less of it as we age and so there is some evidence that there's a book out and I can't remember the name of the book. It was written by a dietitian. So mm-hmm. I, I read the book um, and she cites some research, but even she says, you know, this research is all, it's, it's small studies, you know, it's not big, large studies. So you always have to kind of take those things with a grain of salt because, you know, what works in a group of 25 doesn't right. necessarily translate to working to 8 billion people on the planet. But know. even collagen gets complicated because you have Different types of collagen. Do. You've got the, what, is it one through five or one, I, two, yes, three and five right. or something? Yeah. I, I, I use Vital Proteins. That's the brand I yeah. use. Do you have a brand that you use? I don't know what I have right now. I've seen that brand. There was some brand I got on Amazon. I don't know what it was. <laughs> it's, it's just, that's one that, you know, when it, I, I read something and it was, the top five brands, yeah. and that was in it, and it's always available at Sprouts or Costco or, of course, by Amazon, which 
you know, everything in the world. Yes, you can get everything in the whole world is. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I tore the um, meniscus in my knee. And so I started thinking, well, maybe I should be adding some of that. I, it's still, it's, I, I need surgery. I'm going to have to deal with that. But, <laughs> but so the, so it hasn't, it hasn't made it grow back together, but. Well, a supplement um, that would, would uh, cure a torn meniscus would, <laughs> would be pretty valuable. I think yeah. everybody would like that. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but we do have to watch when we, the, that article that, uh, that I know we both read yesterday also talked about diet, not just, um, I mean, we always know about diet for, maintaining weight for heart health, but for mental health, mm-hmm. uh, for maybe mm-hmm. staving off Alzheimer's or other forms of dementia. Right. That's a big deal. I mean, it is you, a big it's deal. a huge deal. Do you, do you believe that that's um, a possibility? Do you think that that's just hocus pocus or is that something that is, uh, that's real? Um, I don't think it's hocus pocus. I think what we eat over the course of a lifetime, of course, it seems reasonable to me that it would affect every area, every area of our body. And, you know, we talk about heart disease, we talk about cancer risk. Um, so yes, I think it makes perfect sense that we're talking about the brain health too. Um, and a lot of the preliminary studies show higher amounts of fruits and vegetables, Again, the nice thing is that it's not like, okay, if you want to prevent heart disease, you have to do one thing. If you want to prevent cancer, you have to do another thing. If you want to prevent Alzheimer's, you have to do something else. It's really, you know, those fruits and vegetables, there's stuff in there, those plant foods too. Right. Whole, I'll put whole grains in there as well. Um, there's a lot of, of chemicals in there. We don't call them vitamins or minerals. They're just these phytochemicals, these plant-based chemicals that um, have so, uh, they, they just enhance our health in so many ways. And maybe if we sit down and have another podcast in 15 years, we'll be talking about that. Those are listed now, like vitamins are like, these are essential to your life. Um, right now we don't have enough data to say that, but, um, but I, I definitely think that that is something that's really important. Um, and there was something else I was going to say about that, you know, thinking about mind and memory. What was that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I know. Um, because there, some, some people now are calling Alzheimer's disease diabetes type 3 because they're finding, there are some early studies that are finding that putting people who have Alzheimer's on a more ketogenic diet, which of course is you know lower carbohydrate and higher fat, um, that that actually seems to help them have a little bit more or gain a little bit some, some of their abilities back. Not they, they don't get perfect again, mm-hmm. but um, but the theory is that there are some of these receptor sites in the brain. Of course, the brain prefers to use glucose as fuel, and so it's it's primed for that. But over time, and it may be that when we're eating badly and we're getting too many of these refined carbohydrates. So we get these higher levels of glucose that over time that those receptor sites become uh, less sensitive. And so then the brain can't take up the glucose like it's supposed to, and it begins to die off and cause, you know, some of these plaques and some of these issues that we have with Alzheimer's. So, you know, ketones are something that the, the brain can be can, can adapt to using. And so putting someone on Alzheimer's, again, this is experimental. This is not widespread at this point. Um, but that's fascinating. It is. It is. And, uh, and you know, the fact that some people call it diabetes type 3 mm-hmm. um, is also really interesting. So, um, 
you know, that's some things to look forward to as far as what's on the horizon research-wise. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to go back into uh, ketones by starting with carbohydrates. We'll be right back. The Destination Delicious podcast is brought to you by FedEx. FedEx delivers more than just packages or pallets. We deliver possibilities. Okay, we're back. Well, now, everybody, everybody wants to go on that a keto diet. There, I mean, everybody I talk to, I'm doing keto, or I'm the, or they were doing paleo, and now they're doing keto, or they're primal, or they're whatever. Um, I, I am a believer in really restricting carbs. I know that if I cut back carbs, which I'm doing right now because you know there were the holidays, and <laughs> family, and all that, and it, I will quickly lose you know the two or three pounds that I put on um, by just stopping carbs and upping the protein. It works for me. But keto is is very different because you are deliberately adding a lot of fat to your diet, right, right? Right. And you really don't want to overload on protein. If you're on a ketone-producing diet, a keto diet, you, you want to – if you eat too much protein, some of the amino acids in protein can be converted into glucose, and that will actually – uh, throw your ketosis off a little bit. Um, so it is a very high fat, very low carbohydrate, little bit of protein kind of diet in its most pure form. You know, people are on various levels so it's of mostly that. fat. I mean, they have, you know this, and I don't know, people listening, you, they make, you make fat bombs. I yeah. mean, just things like... You know, cream cheese and right. salmon and or peanut butter thing, just balls of very high fat. Right. Um, Coconut foods. oil in your coffee. Yeah, and butter oh, in your coffee. And that's by the way, I tried that once. Did just you? To, yeah, just to see because I mean, it, I thought I'll try it and see what it tastes like. It was dreadful. Why would anyone want <laughs> oil in their coffee? It was uh, terrible. I've never tried it because it does sound dreadful It was terrible. <laughs> it was. It was absolutely... Although we put cream in our coffee. I, I, so. And I, 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 well, you know, actually for my coffee, I don't use whole milk because I use it frothed. And mm. to froth, 2% or skim milk froths better I than okay. because it has a lower fat content. So it'll get Makes a little sense. bit you yeah. know, foamier. Little. So I use the 2%, but I would use whole milk and I would use half and half too. I mean, I like mm-hmm. cream in my coffee, but it has a very different texture yeah. than it's butter, not oily. butter yeah. in your coffee or coconut oil. I promise you it was really bad. And oh, but people said, that's ah, fabulous. Yeah. It's not. I've, I've known people like that too, but you know, the ketogenic diet really started we we know it works really well for people some people who have epilepsy and it it helps them to have fewer seizures and and that's kind of where it where it began um and so we 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 have a lot of evidence about that and we there's a lot of research to support that what we don't know is we you know a lot of people do um, find that they lose weight on a on a lower carbohydrate diet, higher mm-hmm. protein, higher fat diet. Um, although, if you look at the data, if they when they follow people for the first few months, people on a lower carb diet do better than a pe- people on just on a lower calorie diet. But in a year, if they follow those same people for a year, it's about the same. It kind of evens out as just a, a balanced diet. Yeah, a mm-hmm. balanced low calorie kind of diet right. compared to just a you know following a low what is considered diet. low calorie. It, well, really, technically, low calorie or lower calorie is any amount less than what you your body actually needs to maintain its weight, um, which means it's forcing it it's forcing your body to use some of its stored calories, which are mainly mm-hmm. in the form of fat. Um, 
So for most women, going below about 1,200 calories is considered low calorie. Um, and it's harder to get your nutrients right. it with is. less than that. Uh, men, more about 1,500 because, you know, men, men can eat more than women. You know, they have more muscle. Right. Their bones are more dense. And so even if they're the same height, they're going to need more calories to maintain that weight. But um, but you can find um, it, there's something it's called BMR, and that's mm-hmm. your basal metabol- metabolism rate. Right. Or, Mm-hmm. Or metabolic rate. Yep. And if anybody wants to look that up, their charts, you can Google it. You can find out, um, you know, not precisely to your body, but to your weight. There are formulas you right. can use. Yeah. And you can have an idea of yeah. how many calories you burn at rest. And then you can add in, um, you know, what how much you want to lose so you know what your surplus is. A calorie is 3,500. A pound is 3,500 calories. Roughly, yes. So if you want to lose a pound a week, you know you have to cut back. Yeah. And there is some variance there. And and we know that, you know, we being, you know, just in the scientific industry, but it's just a nice, easy figure to use because it's it's pretty close. Some people will lose a pound if they cut out 3,000 calories. Some people it takes... 4,200 calories before they lose a pound. Oh, I think I must, I think it's 10,000 for me. <laughs> seems like it that seems doesn't. It, does. it definitely does. <laughs> Although, as I said, it, it's very true. I've, I have found that I can so easily drop. I mean, it, it will, by the end of this week, just by starting today, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll be back to the pre-Christmas weight yeah. just because of just watching the carbohydrates. But it, it that's just, it, it would come, and it'll stay there. It'll be stable unless I go and do something. You know, I go on vacation. Usually right. when I come back from vacation, I have to do that again. Mm-hmm. And But there are times when, uh, you know, you can do anything, it seems like. And, of course, as we get older, that kind of it makes it harder to lose weight, too. But something that's interesting to me, and I know to you, too, because we talked about it, is intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that? And explain to everybody what it is, first of all. Well, there's... There's different kinds. That's um, true. So, yeah, there's like the 5-2 kind of plan where people will fast for two days and they will eat kind of normally for five days. And by fasting, most most of the literature descri- and the books and things that people are reading describe fasting as like 500 calories or, or less. For some people, that means they don't eat anything except maybe drink water. For some people, they, they have a small amount, but it's significantly less than what they normally would eat. Um, but I think the most popular kind of intermittent fasting that people are doing is where they they restrict their eating to maybe eight hours out of the day. Mm-hmm. So they might eat from noon to eight o'clock, and then they don't eat anything from 8 p.m. all the way till noon the next day. So there's 16 hours where they're not eating and eight hours where they are. And and they can drink water and, you know, black coffee and Does it have to be things. black coffee? Well, technically, mm-hmm. yes. But, you know, again, there's there's some variance by what people mean by fasting. Because if you're eating, if you, if you have two cups of coffee and you put a little milk or cream in your coffee, you're really not taking in very many calories. And so... That's really forcing your body to use something else for fuel. It's not enough for it to really go on for those 16 hours, just 
you know, a couple of cups of coffee. Well, that's true. And I've, because I've gotten out of the habit of eating breakfast, I've realized that I've sort of gone into the, you know, pretty much, and, and I won't eat late at night. And, and that's just because if I do, I'll have heartburn because it's just, <laughs> it's not because of my strong will. It's because yeah. I don't want to you be You have miserable. to pay the price. Right. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm kind of in that eight hour period anyway, but I do have coffee. And when I put my mm-hmm. pro, my collagen in mm-hmm. there, maybe I can move my collagen into, to later in the day. But, but it, uh, you know, there's not really, there's no need for you to do that unless you just want to see for yourself what happens. Um, because I, if it's working for you, then, then why uh, this, this thing said, this is the way to do right. it. Yeah. You, know, well, you can I, have and a I little flexibility. Know. That's okay. And I think that's important to remember, but I look at some people that, um, and they tend to, it, it often, um, these people are often men and they're often very fit mm-hmm. and they will go and some of them have really, you know, I think poor dietary habits because they do the, the right. cut, you know, where they really, really cut back mm-hmm. and they're just like all carb. I mean, all, um, you know, all salmon and sweet potatoes mm-hmm. for six weeks or something. Then, you know, as soon as they hit that, that after they cut, they go into where they just gorge right. and that, I, that can't be healthy i can't i don't see how it can be healthy yeah i i don't see that as healthy either and i think you have to know yourself because for some people that kind of pattern does turn into some disordered styles of eating i, I want to come right back to that <laughs> i think that's real important to talk about uh, you know different kinds of eating disorders also, I, I, but on the good end of that, I would say that I do know, in fact, we work with somebody here who does intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. but he just eats one very large meal a day mm-hmm. and that's it. He has mm-hmm. a very big dinner and, um, you know, nothing else to eat, but he's also very fit is in the gym a lot, but it does, he doesn't go through that. Um, you know, I think he eats pretty much what he wants because he said he may eat, 2,500, 3,000 calories in a meal, that would be pretty hard to do. That's a lot of calories. The, um, yeah, it's it's a whole lot. I I mean, I I couldn't begin to eat that many calories and nor could you or anybody in this room. I don't, I don't think unless we were, I don't know, pina coladas, maybe. I mean, I don't know what it would take. I think I could do it, but (laughs) I would be sorry after. (laughs) We'd have to have blooming onions in there somewhere. (laughs) but, But Eating disorders, when we think of eating disorders, of course, we think of anorexia or bulimia, but I've started noticing so much the way people eat, and I've noticed the way that I eat because I have to be, when I go to review restaurants, I want to be able to eat anything I want to be, sure. that, that I want to eat, anything I feel like I should. Um, so I cut back so drastically sometimes that mm. I was at dinner with a friend this weekend and who commented, you know, you're, you're not eating. And I said, well, I'm not working. And he said, well, you can eat. And I said, no, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I really can't. Yeah. And I started thinking, you know, is that sort of, uh, that's kind of, that's not a healthy relationship with food. Is that kind of a disorder of its own? I mean, I'm not unhealthy, so yeah. I'm not worried about it. But I do wonder about some of these things that we do, this um, obsession with food that many of us have. We're, we have such a dichotomy in the United States and in other, you know, well-developed countries where there's plentiful amounts of food and it's, and some of it's fabulous and it's very easily accessible. I mean, you can, you can buy food everywhere now, you know, any place there's at least a vending machine, you know, or there's a food truck nearby or something, you know, we can, it's just easily accessible. 
And and we're at a point, and at least in our country, where about 70% of us are either classified as overweight or obese. And, you know, yet we have a value on thinness and that that is it, it's a little better now in the media there you still you, you see more people now in on tv shows and things that are not just one certain size but still there's there's a lot of there's a lot of value on thinness and i think for women especially it, it's um, very tied to our self-esteem it's yeah. very tied tied to um i mean even gosh i mean you know i mean it's a it's a it, it's horrid to feel that if you gain a few pounds that you feel so bad about it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think a lot of people um, who men perhaps don't understand it or maybe younger women, younger women do seem to have a healthier sense of body image mm-hmm. than, than women over say 45 where Right. And, and well, we grew up in that era of you can never be too rich or too thin, you know, the Virginia Slims commercial. Um, you know, and that's. It, it, but then they made us quit smoking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. You quit smoking, gained the weight. I mean, all of that. It's, it's um, tough. You know, main t- being healthy, being healthy is a part time job. You have to think, at least that's how I think of it, you know, because we haven't talked about exercise, but I mean, our bodies need to move, whether you're thinking about it for a weight loss issue or not. Our bodies are designed to move around, and most of our jobs don't require us to do that. And we need these key nutrients for us to be ideally healthy or, or at our best at our best level of health. And most of those key nutrients are going to come from whole foods that are plant-based with some lean protein. Um, you know, we were talking about veganism earlier before the podcast, but I don't, I have no problem with people who are vegan. I know a lot of people who are vegan feel much better when they decide to make that switch, but not everybody feels better. I don't think the vegan diet is, is an absolute necessity for everybody to be healthy, but I do think that leaning in the direction of getting more plant-based food as with all, with this list of diets that we've discussed, I mean, really that's a key point in almost every every healthful kind of diet or eating plan or whatever you want to call it. And I think that's a valid point. We, we do need more of those things. I mean, sometimes we get to the end of the day and you think, let's see, if mm-hmm. I had, if I had yogurt for breakfast, if I had, uh, you know, if I went to through a fast food place for lunch, uh, if I, you know, didn't have a chance to eat much dinner and I just, you know, grabbed and- a bar or something, Where's my fruits and vegetables? Well, I I can usually find that I'm I'm okay on vegetables. It may not be great, but I've had you know it, I may not have had my five to eleven or however many I'm supposed to have. But fruit, I'll forget unless uh, it it wonderful about one th- a fantastic thing about my grandchildren is they love fruit. Mm-hmm. So when they're here, you know the refrigerator is stocked with berries of you know all different kinds and apples and bananas and all these things that they eat. But then. You know, I'll finish them, mm-hmm. but then I go if if I go to buy blueberries, then they just join the food that has to be thrown out yeah. eventually. <laughs> you know, you forget unless you pack a bag. I, yeah. I think so much of it could come down to just being prepared. Let's mm-hmm. just have a little baggie of what's, blueberries can go in your purse. I mean, sure, you can have those on the apples run. are easy, and that's true. You know, 
bananas are a little harder because they get so bruised so easily. But apples are perfect, you know. That's what I did this morning when I left the house. I threw a couple of apples in my bag, a can of sardines, because I didn't have time to prepare anything. So there's some protein there. I love canned and a, fish. And a little yogurt. I love canned fish. Yeah. I could eat it. That's something I, I don't do, you know, like in the office. But at home, I, mean, I love sardines. I love canned tuna. I think that they're just it was just really good and delicious stuff. Yeah. Well, there's so many things that we could talk about that I we'll, know. Have to, we'll have to have a part <laughs> two. But I do want to mention one thing that um, uh, Hari Hachibu, is that how you pronounce it? Um, yeah, I wrote you it sent down me this so link. that I would pronounce it right. Hara Hachibu, yes. Hara Hachibu is, uh, and you can tell everybody what it is, and it makes, and it's something I try to do, but didn't know I was doing it. So yeah. tell us what it is. It's a it's a phrase from the Okinawan language, and it it means that um, you eat until you are no longer hungry, not I'm eating until I'm full. And so, what that does, if you if you really think about this, and it takes some practice to do this if you haven't tried this before. If you're sitting down to a meal, you're not paying attention to, okay, there's this much on my plate, so I need to eat this amount. You're paying attention to what is happening inside. So you're, every few bites, you kind of stop and you sort of think, okay, where am I? Do I still need to eat some more? Am I still a little hungry or is that enough? And so you may find that some days you have to, you, you do eat the whole plate of food before that's enough. And you're not full really but you're satisfied. You can get up from the table. You're not thinking, oh, I need to eat something else. You're just, you, you can get up and move around. You're mm-hmm. not feeling too full. You don't have to, un, you know, button the top button of your pants or anything like Which that. Which is miserable. Yeah. Nobody wants that. No, we- nobody wants that. Um, and so if you do, if you practice that all the time, it helps you to eat what your body needs and, and not overeat. And therefore, it's easier to maintain your weight, or a lot of people will lose some weight just by doing that. But the caveat here is that it it needs to your 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 food that you're eating should be closer to whole foods, not so many right. processed foods. Because processed foods, you, like if I'm eating chips, I can get in a whole lot of chips before that eighty percent is reached, and I've probably eaten more calories than I need. But if I'm eating broccoli and some canned tuna or something like that and an apple, um, then I will, um, I, you know, it'll, it'll register mm-hmm. that protein helps that full, the fiber from the broccoli is going to help to register those little stretch receptors that go up to the brain that say, Hey, we're stretching a little bit. We're, we think we're done here. Um, so it helps us to realize when that 80% is reached. But those Okinawans live very long. You know, their their average lifespan for a woman is 90. Uh, for men, I think it's 84. Um, so it's significantly higher than what ours is. And and of course, that's the average. So a lot of people live into right. their hundreds. Um, in Which is 100 is my goal. That's where I'm headed. Yeah, that's what I've always said, too. Mm-hmm. Even as a little girl, I said, mm-hmm. I'm going to live to be 100. So. I, I would like to be. I mean, you know, as long would uh, all things, you know, depending, I don't want to have all kind of infirmities. I want to be a very healthy 100. That's uh, Don't we all? Um, it, adding on to, to that, I would like to say that something, you know, as some years ago, I lost a, a, a large amount of weight, and one of the ways that helped me think of it as um, as a way to not feel deprived, even though I was still around all this food and mm-hmm. was uh, reviewing food, was that that food will always be there tomorrow. Yes. it does. That food will be there in an hour if I want to eat it again in an hour, but 
to eat a very small amount. And then mm. if there is, uh, if I'm still hungry, there's more food. And you will surprise yourself with how little it takes to actually satisfy your appetite yes. if you can train yourself to not look at that big plate of food and think that you're going to eat it. So I think that portion control is a huge part of losing weight anyway. And, and of course, by doing that, you're cutting out, you're restricting calories, you're doing right. all kinds of things. But you don't feel like, oh, I can't have that. Right. <laughs> and, and, it, and it couldn't. I mean, I, I, I just, I knew that I couldn't, I would rather be hungry than eat something I don't like. Right. So, but I also love good food. I right. wanted to be able, if creme brulee is in front of me, I want to eat creme brulee. Mm -hmm. But I can eat a couple of bites of it instead of a whole thing. And sometimes, you know, I might want the whole thing of it. It's yeah. just, um, it, it, it just, I think it, it doesn't always matter also just on the day, but you know, I got to where I started looking at things over the course of say a week. How does mm -hmm. this week look? Yes. Mm -hmm. And it, it, just by being mindful of what you're eating and of what you're doing, you can change the way you see food right. and uh, and what food means to you. I, I think to kind of dovetail onto that, one way to one thing that I find that people don't realize. Uh, that everything they put in their mouth, their body is registering, you know, because I talk to people all the time and they say, I don't know why I'm gaining weight. I, I really don't eat that much. And I, I believe them. They don't eat large meals. Maybe they don't eat, you know, they don't eat, they don't go to the buffet or something like that, but they, they have little bits of things throughout the day that add up. You know, it's like, I always tell them right. it's like the, the little a uh, guy at, that stands at the Costco opening, you know, it's got the little thing registering how many people are coming in. Your body has one of those internally that's registering every calorie that comes in. So when you take two of your kids' French fries, you don't eat the whole French fries, but you're just taking, you know, a little bite of this or, you know, a, a snatch a little peppermint off of somebody's desk at work or, you know, you take a few sips of the coffee that you made or got from Starbucks, but you don't drink the whole thing. But all of those things register and so one thing that I, I find is very helpful, and I do it, if I pick up a few pounds and I'm thinking, what have I been doing? I will write down everything, every, you have to commit, right. you have to be honest, you have to be real about it. And you have to say, I am going to write down every little thing, every little morsel. If I take a sip of somebody's Coke, I'm going to write that down. If I, you know, put one peanut on my tongue and eat that, I'm going to write that down. And it always, I, I can always see it. I can always see where it is. For me, it's nuts. I start eating too many nuts. I love nuts. And, and they're good for us. They are. But they are high in calories. They are. So, and, and nuts are great. Before you go to the gym, if you want a little bit of energy, I used to always have nuts in my car when I would leave straight from um, work and go straight to the gym. Mm -hmm. That was that was what I needed, was just, you know, a few bites, mm -hmm. and that would get me through. But it, it's not all grim because I do want to uh, point out that um, <laughs> Megan bought in a nice little snack of, that she made from uh, some Knox gelatin, these nice little uh, chewy snacks, and she brought it in <laughs> in a, gel a, a repurposed gelato uh, <laughs> uh, 
can, not a container. can, a container, yeah. <laughs> which you will also find in my uh, my cabinets that have the very same ones yeah. sitting there. And you can eat, but you know, this is this is a pint. Right. And that pint can last a long time in my house. Right. If you don't eat the whole pint, no. it's fine. You get a little dish, you take a, a, a couple spoonfuls, you put it in the little dish. Sometimes that's all you need, you know. And then I, I think another thing that that um, people need to understand is what what are your triggers? If ice cream is a trigger for you, if you're a person who, if you buy a container of ice cream, whether it's a pint or a gallon or whatever it is, that you find you're going back to that freezer, going back to the freezer, then don't buy ice cream that way. You know, go right. to a place get and it. get a scoop exactly. of ice cream and eat it there and then come back. And that way, if you want more, you have to get back in the car and you have to go back to the place mm-hmm. and you have to spend some more money. And yes, it's more, it costs more proportion, but if it, prevents you from overeating it, it's it's worth the extra money. And it also makes you think about, eh, I don't really need it, you know. And that would be another thing that I would say to people too, is when you get that craving, because sometimes people have a craving for something, they really, oh, that, you know, whether it's chocolate or whether it's chips or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, if you can just say, okay, I'm having this craving, I really want this, look at your watch or put it on, put a little alarm on your phone or something for 10 minutes and say, okay, I'm not going to decide right now. I don't want to make an impulse decision about it. I've been working on getting healthier and all this. I'm not going to say I can't have it, but you know, when 10 minutes goes off, then I'm going to decide. And many times that craving will have sort of peaked and broken kind of like a wave does when you're watching on the beach, you know, it kind of gets flat after it peaks your craving may get flat too. And you may think, well, you know what? I don't really need that ice cream right now. Maybe later, like you said earlier, you know, it's going to be there. It's still there. I can eat it later if I need it. But right now I'm okay. You know, you've gotten involved in, you know, something else. No, something, and I'm trying to think what it is, but it was something over the holidays that I kept saying, no, no. And someone said, you've been talking about this for days. (laughs) And I said, you know, you're right. I'm getting ready to have, but what was it? It was something that, you know, I was saying, no, I'm not going to do, but I did. And it was, Thoroughly satisfying, and mm-hmm. whatever it was, I'm not sure. It was, you know, some kind of sweet something probably yeah. that I had decided to resist. But there was no reason to. If, I mean, really, if you're thinking about something for a week, you might as well go ahead yeah. and, <laughs> that, and that's have a little well bit. beyond the ten minute rule. Yes, it is. That's just <laughs> we don't want to deprive ourselves of of you know. But food is pleasure, and and. Right. But it's also so essential to a healthy life. And that's, you know, particularly as you're talking about brain health, there's so much, so much that we could go into. And I would love for you to come again and let's talk about this another time. Okay. Yeah. I have yeah. a lot of notes I didn't talk about. Well, I, I know. We, we had a lot of notes last week. When y'all, If you come on my podcast, y'all, if you bring notes, you'll get invited back because I see everything you have there. Well, you know, my daughter, I told her I was going to do this and she knows that I like to talk about food and nutrition and diet and stuff like that because it's you know it's just a passion of mine and she said mom it's a podcast you have to be brief we've gone a little over but not too much and I think it's interesting and I think it's important so I think that was an extra few minutes well spent and we'll pick it back up again okay sounds okay. good thank you Megan you're welcome thank you for having me you can subscribe to this podcast and others from the Daily Memphian anywhere you get podcasts including iTunes Spotify and Google Play Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Eat Drink Memphis and keep up with our monthly events at dailymemphian.com. For the Destination Delicious Podcast, I'm Jennifer Biggs.
stay here forever. We deliver olives, Greek sandals, and everything you need to relive that perfect trip to the Mediterranean. But what you really get when FedEx knocks on your door is so much more. FedEx delivery. Memories. What we deliver by delivering. In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.